0: Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks and coming up today, it wasn't that many years ago, many believed African-American athletes didn't have what it takes to play the most important position in football. ESPN senior writer Jason Reed discusses his new book, Rise of the Black Quarterback. Also this morning, by the end of 2022, wireless carriers will have shut down their older 3G cellular networks. What does phasing out this obsolete technology mean for the future of mobile connectivity? And how will consumers be affected? And we have another collection of yummy recipes straight from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, August 5th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate, International Beer Day today. I there are so many beer related days. You got Beer Day, and you've got IPA Day. IPA Day was just like a couple of days ago, yesterday maybe, or a couple of days ago. And then there's like Homebrewed Beer Day, and there's you know, obviously International Beer Day. There's so many beer days. I can't get enough. Again, I'm I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm just saying that there are a lot of them. So International Beer Day today, it is Work Like a Dog Day today, which on a Friday, really? Work Like a Dog Day? I suppose after you work like a dog, you need a beer. Green Peppers Day today, International Traffic Light Day, the very first electric traffic light in history, was installed on this day in 1914 in Cleveland and somewhere I have the exact intersection where the first electric traffic light was uh, installed in Cleveland, but I don't have that in front of me. But I knew I do know it's in Cleveland. Uh, so International Traffic Light Day, think of where we would be without traffic lights. National Oyster Day. And maybe, most importantly of all, it is National Underwear Day. That is... <laughs> that is pretty important. Uh, as uh, observances go, <laughs> National Underwear Day. So, big news uh, here this morning. You remember yesterday we mentioned that uh, Oreo was going to reintroduce their pumpkin spice Oreos this month. And we were uh, discussing the the validity or the uh, uh, appropriateness of rolling out pumpkin spice things in the month of August instead of waiting until at least after Labor Day, right? So, uh, apparently, Oreo has some company. The 2022 pumpkin spice season, like it or not, is here, Krispy Kreme, introducing their pumpkin spice latte swirl donut and the pumpkin spice iced coffee beginning August 8th. Will be available in stores on Monday, so uh, it is almost here. Pumpkin spice season. That just seems rather early. I don't. I don't know. I guess why fight it? Um, so you got pumpkin spice Oreos coming later this month. You've got pumpkin spice stuff at Krispy Kreme as of Monday. Uh, let's see here a number of their other pumpkin spice flavored offerings such as uh, cheesecake donuts or original donuts and all of that. Beginning Monday, so like it or not, it is here. By the way, speaking of uh, sweet stuff and uh, candies and, and things of that nature, um, you know what else is right around the corner? It's not, uh, you know, what, not just pumpkin spice stuff. Autumn brings what? Tailgate season. And now... More than 100 years after this confection was foisted upon humanity, a prominent candy maker has crossed the candy corn Rubicon. It says here, Brox, Brox Candies, has created tailgate candy corn. It is described <laughs> in this report as an unholy mix of corns in these flavors, hot dog, Hamburger, vanilla ice cream, popcorn, and fruit punch. Tailgate candy corn. The tailgate candy corn blend is coming <laughs> from Brock's hot dog flavored candy corn. I'm not. Uh, I am not a candy corn hater. I know that there are some who absolutely abhor candy corn. Uh, my wife is one of those. She Absolutely. Cannot stand candy corn. I'm more of a take it or leave it kind of guy. And I know that's strange because most people, you're either very pro candy corn or you're very, very anti candy corn. You think that there is nothing in between, but I'm kind of ambivalent on the whole candy corn thing. I could take it or leave it. It's okay. Um, Wouldn't want a steady diet of it, but uh, you know, every now and then it's fine. But I, I'm not sure about the hot dog candy corn. I'm just not uh, <laughs> not convinced. Uh, big news here: uh, Fiona, the hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo, who became famous when she was born six weeks premature and underweight, is now a big sister. You remember Fiona the hippo, right? Uh, she became a, a viral internet celebrity when she was uh, when she was born a preemie at only like twenty nine pounds or something like that, less than half of the normal birth weight. Of a, uh, of a hippopotamus, and the uh, uh, zookeepers at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo were able to save her. I mean, without uh, intervention from the veterinarians at the zoo, there's no way that she would have made it. But uh, she is now uh, now 2,000 pounds and a healthy, happy hippo, and now she is a big sister. Uh, officials at of the Cincinnati Zoo say Bibi, uh, Fiona's mom, uh, gave birth to a new calf on uh, Wednesday. I guess it was Wednesday evening. I hadn't heard about this yesterday morning, or I would have mentioned it yesterday morning. Um, apparently, BB and her new calf appear to be doing well. Mother and baby are being given two weeks of bonding time and privacy. Uh, in the wild, when a hippo gives birth, uh, mom takes the new calf uh, away from the rest of the herd, I don't know what they call a group of hippos. Um, and they go off together and they spend a couple of weeks just bonding. And so that's what they'll be doing at the zoo to replicate the natural experience. Um, BB's pregnancy this time around was a surprise. Apparently she had been on hippo birth control that uh, that failed. Um, but so they didn't, didn't expect her to get pregnant, but this... Uh, This calf appears to be normal size and weight. No word yet on whether Fiona has a little brother or a little sister. But that's pretty cool. So uh, congratulations all the way around. Another hippo birth at the Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, Other big news this morning. Things making headlines the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Yesterday was the Hall of Fame game. Last night, uh, the opening of the NFL preseason in uh, Canton, Ohio at the uh, Hall of Fame game it was what the Raiders and the Jaguars I believe the Raiders won did they not the Raiders uh, won none of the, uh, none of the starters uh, played or very few of the starters this the stars uh played most of most of it was uh, backups and even quite a few people who probably won't even be on the team uh, on opening day, but it was NFL football nonetheless. And this, I thought, was kind of interesting. A new study out of Russia, actually, but uh, interesting. It says when professional athletes face off against their prior teams, their old teams, they it sometimes seems like they have an extra chip on their shoulder. And so they play better. They play more motivated, Right. And have you ever wondered whether that was actually true, or whether that was more of just a um, you know media hype, where you know the sports networks try to get people excited about the games so that they'll watch and and all of that? Well, apparently there is some truth to this. This study finds that there really is such a thing as a revenge game. Uh, they tracked the emotions of athletes. They say the. Uh, their study reveals athletes' emotions have a much greater effect on their performance when taking on ex teammates. For the study, they analyzed echo. Uh, econo- what does it say? They, sta- they analyzed econometric models on game data from the NBA, the NHL, and six European football leagues, soccer leagues, uh, gathering data. From Nba.com, hockey reference uh, and understat researchers examined player performance over time, including history of transactions and players games against their former teams. Long and short of it is, the variables uh, it says the variables included the dates and venues of the games, players home and opposing teams, playing time, individual game statistics, and several other advanced performance indicators. Long and short of it is that yes, Athletes do perform better when they are motivated to do so by taking on former teammates in kind of a uh, quote-unquote revenge game. So there is something to it, apparently. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, let's see. So that really will be interesting. Again, we relate this to the uh, start of the NFL preseason. Week number one of the NFL season, you know, uh, because this was all anybody was talking about when Baker Mayfield got traded from the Browns to the Carolina Panthers. Those two teams meet in Week One. It'd be interesting to see how Baker does in a uh, Panthers uniform against his old team. You want to talk about a revenge game? That will be a revenge game to be sure. Uh, this is big news. Apparently, we have an answer to the question of the Loch Ness Monster. Um. The British newspaper, The Mirror, reports that Nessie, which has been uh, observed, there have been uh, reported sightings of the Loch Ness Monster for over a century now. And this uh, report says that Nessie is not a gigantic ancient monster after all. Instead, the Loch Ness Monster is just a big eel, team of researchers from New Zealand said that they have ruled out the possibility of a a gigantic life form swimming around the lake thanks to research that they began three years ago. Basically, they say they have uh, documented all the creatures inhabiting the lake by collecting DNA samples. And they say nothing in the results told them that they have an undetermined species, or they were able to classify every DNA sample so it's not some strange, unknown, prehistoric creature. Professor Neil Gamel, a geneticist from the University of Otago in New Zealand, said we can't find any evidence of a creature that's remotely related to dinosaurs or any prehistoric creature in our environmental DNA sequence data. So what, do, so what did the, the people who claim to have spotted Nessie actually see? Well, apparently, the research found that the lake is home to giant eels. And that is what scientists believe has been calling all, causing all of these Nessie sightings. There's a significant amount of eel DNA, they say. Um, and uh, therefore, we can't discount the possibility that what people see and believe is the Loch Ness Monster might be a giant eel. It goes on to say in this report, the legend of Nessie has haunted Loch Ness for about 1,500 years and has drawn many spectators hoping to catch a sight of the elusive eel, apparently. Eel. So now you know. And uh, there you go. I know it's very anticlimactic, the uh, (laughs) solution to the Loch Ness monster question, but there you have it. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: This is i I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. The CDC's COVID transmission map has been updated. The map shows 67 of Ohio's 88 counties are now in the high transmission category. In that category, the CDC recommends that people in public areas wear masks indoors. 19 more counties are in the medium category for transmission. Only two counties are in the green, Hancock and Seneca in northwest Ohio. The state health department reported 78 COVID deaths over the past week. 54 were reported in the week before that. In northwest Ohio, a couple from the Toledo suburb of Northwood are in custody, accused of hog-tying their child. Amy Steigerwald with o an Affiliate WTOL-TV in Toledo reports.
2: According to court documents, Jason and Tabitha Sanyowitz tied up the child in the Northwood hotel they were living in. According to police, they said they did it because the child would get into things while they were sleeping. The alleged abuse happened late last month. The child allegedly had his hands and feet tied behind his back for nine and a half hours overnight.
1: That case is being handed over to a Wood County grand jury. Ohio's tax-free weekend is today through Sunday. Back-to-school shoppers will get a break from paying sales tax on clothing items that cost $75 or less and school supply items or instructional material costing $20 or less. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network.
0: I Remember when the late Rush Limbaugh created a firestorm of controversy with his comments about black quarterbacks on ESPN's Sunday NFL Countdown show? That was as recently as 2003. It was not until 2017 that all 32 teams had started a black quarterback in at least one of their games, and 2020, before the number of black starting quarterbacks in the league hit double digits— Jason Reed is senior NFL writer for AnScape, which is ESPN's platform exploring the intersections of sports, race, and culture. His new book is "Rise of the Black Quarterback." And Jason, first of all, are we there yet, where owners and coaches and fans look strictly at talent and ability in the position of quarterback, and the color doesn't matter?
3: Well, let me let me address it this way. We are in the era of the black quarterback. Never have things been better in the NFL. For a black man, who aspires to quarterback. There are more black superstar quarterbacks than ever before. The, there's a pipeline coming from colleges. The national football factories, the Alabamas, the USCs, the mm-hmm. states are led by black quarterbacks. The high school, uh, the youth football, the, the pipeline is coming. Um, and gone are the days in the NFL draft rooms where people who are picking the players will not pick a black college quarterback. Because because he, because of race, yeah. going to the day when black college quarterbacks have to change positions. But we saw last week with the opening of training camp, there's still coded language used to describe black players, and that's an area where more progress will come.
4: I,
0: I a lot of uh, fans, most fans can't remember a time when football was not integrated, but I do remember uh when a, a time when it was believed that a black athlete couldn't play the position of quarterback uh either because fans wouldn't accept it or because there was a belief that a black player was just not capable of that uh of that position that's a foreign concept to uh, a lot of fans today
3: well fortunately it is you know but but like you said there was a time and really not too long ago. not we that long ago yeah as late as the yeah, as late as the late 1980s, early 1990s, where the prevailing view within the NFL was that black men simply had the, 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 the smarts, the heart, and the ability to inspire so that they were yeah. denied the opportunity to play the most important position in sports. So yeah, it wasn't that long ago that that was the outlook.
0: As you uh, mentioned, you still see far more black quarterbacks in the college game than the NFL. And to be fair, it is very difficult to make the leap to pro football at any position. But is the proportion evening out? And, and to what extent did the rise of the black quarterback actually begin in the college game?
3: Oh, well, clearly, you know, when you, when you look at college football, there have been black quarterbacks, more, more black quarterbacks playing college football than playing in the NFL for, for, for decades, generations. But the ability, the, the the what changed was was that team owners, um, the color green started to trump the color black. Yeah. Because if you, if you could find a quarterback who could help you win, you could no longer ignore that when it started to explode the NFL. So, yes, we, we are at a point right now where I see in another 10 years, it would not be shocking at all if there were 12 to 16 or more starting superstar black quarters to the NFL.
0: You look at the the history of black uh, athletes. Uh, in ge- black athletes in general, had Jesse Owens. Black baseball players had Jackie Robinson, who are the pioneers of this game. And again, getting to the the heart of the book, the pioneers of this game and what are their greatest contributions not just to the position but the influence that they have had on the sport in general
3: well you know fritz Pollard was the first black star in the league black coach and quarterback he he, he lined up at quarterback it's not what we know of the position today but he was the first so what when i when i think about the, the the pioneers the people who really set this thing in motion we have to look back to fritz Pollard. you know way back in 1920 when he started and you know he he's He's doing things that, you know, black players would later do years for years and years, but he was really the first one. Then when you want to talk about, you know, other pioneers at the quarterback position, uh, Marlon Briscoe, the first black quarterback in the modern era when he played for the, the old Denver, Denver, Denver Broncos when they were in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Williams, the first black starting quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the MVP award. Uh, Warren Moon, the first black quarterback, the only black quarterback. Enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so there are so many names that that have been lost to history. Yeah. But those are guys who really deserve a lot of credit for moving the ball forward.
0: What are some of the lessons in the book that you hope uh, aspiring young black athletes take away from this, both quarterbacks and just black athletes, young black athletes in general?
3: That that, that you're as good as any. And you can achieve that that the pioneers who came before you show the, the, the people who control the marionette strings the people who the decision makers the gatekeepers that you should not be excluded because you can contribute to the popularity and the growth of a game that so many people love so for the for the young black athlete the young black quarterback they no longer have to deal with the stigma or the shame of, of of being denied something that they're capable of achieving simply because of the call is in. And what I hope they they take away from that, remember is that so many people came before them so what so they can enjoy what they enjoy now.
0: What's interesting is, again, we talk about the, the fact that the opportunities are there more and more for black quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. And yet uh, so many of the names uh, of, of the players uh, in in history as you said been lost to history and we don't know their stories so doesn't that uh, dichotomy uh, just kind of demonstrate the fact that you know there's still uh, a ways to go
3: oh absolutely i mean we're, we're, the process is, is continuing to evolve and when you when you talk about progress progress by definition is not perfection so we're we're, we're at a point where things are improving we're at a point where there more of these stories about the pioneers are becoming known. I hope, that I hope people purchase Rise of the Black Quarterback, what it means for America, and they can read about a lot of these stories. But yeah, the, the ball is still moving. But people in the past, they, they deserve credit for what they accomplished. They deserve credit for what they've helped to create that we have today. That's the modern NFL, which is the most popular and successful and powerful league in the history of professional sport.
0: I do want to ask you about this and get your thoughts real quickly because this focus on social and cultural and racial issues among NFL athletes is still somewhat controversial. It rubs some fans the wrong way, and I know the easy answer is that some of those fans need to be rubbed the wrong way, and I get that. But what about the the escapism argument that that sports should be an escape from all of those divisive issues? When I turn on a game, I just want to watch the game. I don't want to be preached to. I mean, you've heard those arguments. What's your reaction?
3: Well, absolutely. And you know, I have to answer this in, in this manner. Most of the most of the polling on this issue it's broken down along racial lines. By and large, I mean again, it's somewhat of a generalization, but I'm but it's based on the polling. By and large, black people. Have ha, appreciate the fact that these black athletes have brought awareness to issues that many white people may not want to talk about and may and may be uncomfortable about. And again, based on the polling, we know that that there's there's a wide range um, of, of of opinions on this based on race. And I, I would push back on the notion that you know this stuff is is uh, you know the escapism argument, like the politics are have are, are, are woven into sports and always have been in this country mm-hmm. in terms of you know pushing attitudes of national pride um you know military pride in the military so it it really comes down to what the message that you want to see that you think is appropriate but this stuff is, is has always been there it's just a case of whether people choose to see it or not
0: again uh, jason reed is senior nfl writer for anscape his new book is rise of the black quarterback which we have linked up uh, at our webpage you can learn more about it jason thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it
3: so oh, thank you so much for having me
0: Well, by the end of the year, and perhaps earlier than that, wireless carriers will have shut down their 3G cellular networks. You may have heard about this, and you may be wondering what, if anything, this will mean for you. Tech expert Andrea Smith is with us this morning to break it all down. And Andrea, first off, explain why. Why are the wireless providers shutting down these 3G networks? What's the reasoning?
4: Well, you know, technology is constantly evolving. It's one of the reasons I love reporting on technology. It it changes all the time. I mean, if you think about it, Chris, we used to listen to music on cassettes and then CDs. (laughs) Now many of us stream our music. We watch videos right on our phones. All this has changed. So the cellular networks have to evolve too. I mean, 15 years after that first iPhone 3G came out, those older 3G networks can't support the way we use our phones today. So basically, by turning off those networks, the cell phone companies can use that bandwidth for newer technologies like 5G, and you are going to get greater capacity and faster speeds.
0: So if uh, the, uh, the idea being that 3G is obsolete technology, is that fully true? I mean, are there uh, some ways that 3G is still in use
4: So 3G is still in use right now because we're in the transition period. But the deadline to shut this down is the end of 2022. And at that point, they are shutting down the 3G networks.
0: So with that in mind, then, is there anything that I would need to do to prepare for this shutdown and transition away from this obsolete technology that's not going to be around uh, here after the end of the year?
4: Absolutely. So, first of all, if you have a 3G phone, and some people still do, um you've probably heard from your carrier, most providers are offering free phones to replace those older 3G devices. I would recommend upgrading to a 5G phone if you can, just to take full advantage of the faster 5G network. You know me, Chris. I'm always about, like, get the latest technology you can afford. Sure. Look at your current phone plan, especially if you're on a limited data plan, and maybe you want to start streaming music and videos, because some providers have really great built-in benefits. For example, T-Mobile subscribers get free international data roaming. That's something people pay a a daily fee for. Uh, Many plans include Netflix and in-flight Wi-Fi with streaming and so much more. And, you know, if you think about it, 5G can run between 10 and 100 times faster than a typical 4G connection. You're going to see much faster downloads, so you're going to want to do more with your phone. Um, and really, you know, five G is going to be everywhere. Wireless companies are investing big in building out their networks. So, you know, take a look and see what's available in your area to you, and and start taking advantage of the benefits. Uh, and faster speeds of five G.
0: Now we talk about this uh, in the context of our mobile devices, which is you know probably the most common uh, thing that we all think about. Uh, but we've reported on this before. I know uh, a lot of cities, including ours, have transitioned uh, away from the three uh, G communications on, like, uh, uh, electric uh, meters on our homes and and things like that, and those uh, types of, uh, to type the water meters and, and and all of those things. I know some of the early connected cars with uh, uh, services relied on on 3g is there anything that we can do about those things other than our mobile phones with respect to upgrades or changes or anything we need to know outside of our mobile devices
4: well you know this is transition has been going on for some time now So I have to imagine, as you say, some municipalities are already rolling away from 3G, Um, alarm companies, you know, those kinds of companies are looking to move to the new bandwidth. Um, And I, I think by the end of the year when this deadline is happening, I think that this should all be sorted out. But, of course, you should always check in with your carrier. Now, uh, as you were mentioning,
0: what was the 3G network will now become an expanded 5G network. Is that going to happen right away? Because there are still some places where 5G really isn't widely available, but 3G is pretty much universal. So does that mean that everyone suddenly gets
4: 5G service? No. And so that's a really important question, right? If you currently have 3G, you will probably... Um, be on a 4G uh, bandwidth in your area. If you're in an area that has 5G, and again, not every area does depending on your carriers, um, you may want to consider upgrading to a 5g phone to be on 5g
0: gotcha uh but this makes the room for an expanding 5g network and now this is not without its controversies either for example i've been hearing that uh, 5g may interfere with aircraft navigation and such especially in close proximity to airports is that something that we need to be worried about
4: no, I mean, there were news stories about that, but it's really not something for consumers to worry about. The wireless and aviation industries are working together to make sure there's no safety issues. Um, and I think that, you know, by the end, by the end of 2022, when this is in place, it's everything is going to be sorted out. So I don't think there's anything to worry about.
0: So, again, by the end of the year, those 3G, older 3G networks that have become pretty much obsolete are going to be uh, shut down and will become fully obsolete. So the moral of the story is, or the message mm-hmm. is, that now is really the time to start thinking about uh, the benefits of, of switching to 5G and being ready for that uh, full nationwide implementation, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, this is the time right now— it- August, call your carrier. Research the carriers in your area. This shift away from 3G is really an opportunity for a lot of people with those older devices to get newer technology and really experience those faster speeds and be able to do more with their devices. So, you know, everyone should check out the new phones. They should check out the new phone plans, uh, see what's right for you, see if you want limited data, unlimited data, see if you're going to be streaming And really, you might be surprised at how much it's changed in 15 years.
0: Again, tech expert Andrea Smith with us this morning. Where do we get more information?
4: Uh, You can go to d6news.com slash 3G shutdown.
0: Andrea, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you, Chris. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Dateline, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where police say they have arrested a man who tried to break into the same car twice in the same morning. (laughs) Once wasn't good enough. Apparently, Andrew uh, Andrew Thomas attempted to get inside a vehicle at an apartment complex on Wednesday morning. But the first attempt was unsuccessful. He didn't get into the car, but he did get the attention of the car's owner, who called police. And when Mr. Thomas allegedly came back a few hours later and did manage to break in the second time, the cops were waiting. And they busted him with, uh, well, among other things, bags of marijuana and other drug paraphernalia. (laughs) He is facing numerous charges. Returning to the scene of the crime there. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, let's see here. Elsewhere in the broken news, this in Wilmington, Delaware, where a man upset about someone blowing leaves off the sidewalk is now facing charges after pulling out a machete to settle the argument. State police say it happened yesterday at the park and ride in Wilmington, where Michael Poletti, apparently became angry at a man using a leaf blower. <laughs> I don't know if it was causing too much noise, whether he's thinking it's too early to be, uh, you know, it's not autumn yet. He's probably just as upset. He probably just heard about the whole pumpkin spice thing that, uh, you know, that... that uh, what all of the places are rolling out their pumpkin spice, everything already in the month of August and uh, saw the leaf blower and, you know, somebody else it just appears is trying to rush autumn and probably had just had enough. I'm that would be my guess, but Mr. Pilati apparently became angry at the man using the leaf blower, which was when he pulled a machete out and threatened to kill the 62 year old victim. The uh, worker clearing off the sidewalk. Uh, Mr. Pallotti fled when the man called 911 and no one was hurt, but he is now facing charges. Number two, the not the sharpest tool in the shed items there. Uh, Speaking of uh, people doing really bizarre things for no apparent reason, uh, Jaina Williams age 18, allegedly created a fake Facebook page under the name Ben Scott, specifically so that she could create a post threatening the Lollapalooza Music Festival. Apparently, she created a fake terror threat uh, at the Lollapalooza Festival. Uh, She created the, the Facebook page and then took a screenshot of the post and sent it to her coworkers. This is odd because you see, uh, Ms. Williams is a guard at the Lollapalooza <laughs> music festival. <laughs> she she was a guard who created a fake terror threat, and uh, screenshotted it, sent it to her coworkers. Uh, once quest- they figured out what was going on, and once she was questioned by police, she allegedly allegedly admitted to sending the message. Because she wanted to leave work early. <laughs> she just wanted. To... Apparently, what she didn't think about was if there's really a threat uh, and she's a guard, she wouldn't get to leave early. She'd have to work overtime, wouldn't she? I mean, that's what guards do is protect against threats like that. So <laughs> that was going to backfire uh, all all along. That was not a good plan from the very beginning. Um, she is now being charged with a felony for faking the terror threat. And a couple of other items here in the broken news this morning, the odd and unusual side of the headlines, uh, this from someplace in Mississippi, uh, where a, a woman whose name is not given in the report, but this is crazy. Mississippi woman, it says suffered an aortic intramural hematoma which in medical parlance uh means blood leaking through the inner wall of an artery now i'm not a doctor but that doesn't sound good that sounds like a dangerous situation aortic intramural hematoma blood leaking through the inner wall of an artery and apparently this condition was precipitated uh high intensity weightlifting and high blood pressure are risk factors for this potentially deadly condition you know if you're overexerting yourself uh, you know uh, high intensity weightlifting and blood vessels can burst you've heard uh, of things like that happening well this is kind of uh, kind of like that in this woman's case it wasn't any of that what caused it was a particularly energetic roll in the hay with her husband wow (laughs) wow uh doctors say in some cases the stress of sex can cause an aorta to start leaking luckily the woman was rushed to the hospital and was able to recover wow i could uh (laughs) double as a cautionary tale right there my goodness! And finally, in the broken news this morning, on this TGI Friday, <laughs> this out of Japan, uh, where a man has lost his super expensive Rolex, all because he was a little too trusting. Here's the story: uh, This man in Japan was going to sell his 18 karat yellow gold Rolex Yachtmaster II watch which, by the way, is worth about $53,000. And he doesn't need it anymore, so he figured he'd, he'd sell it. So he posted about this watch, $53,000 watch. He posted it uh, up for sale on a secondhand shopping app online. Well, sure enough, it generated some interest. And when the man met up with a potential buyer, uh, he said the uh, buyer walked up to his car after telling him to meet in a parking lot, the buyer at first seemed to be in good spirits, but was wearing gloves. <laughs> and asked the seller to get him some tea inside of the store. <laughs> and the man selling the watch obliged. I mean, at what point do you not notice the warning signs here? You know, he comes, he comes up, he walks up, he's wearing gloves. It is... August after all he's wearing gloves and then he says hey why don't you go inside the shop here and get me a spot of tea He says, sure why not he walked away leaving the stranger alone with his luxury watch but he says I was only gone for a couple of minutes yeah we all know what happened next the man admits I was too stupid and honest uh the victim noted he should have seen the red flags now that I think about it, he said we were outside the whole time, which made it easier for him to escape. <laughs> the man, the man, then t- tried to contact the potential buyer through the app where he was uh, when he, where they initially contacted each other. Um, at first, the buyer, quote unquote, buyer claimed that he didn't have the watch; that he had left it in the man's car, but then. He suspiciously deleted the account. (laughs) Again, who couldn't have seen this coming? Uh, The man is kicking himself for being too trusting, but he did capture the one thing he did right. He did capture the potential buyer on camera and was sure to park by security cameras in the parking lot where they met up. So at least he did that. He says he is hopeful that will be enough for police to track down the watch thief. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property
4: did not have the lines located before he began work, and it
0: resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So nutrition researchers at the University of Michigan uh, have compiled a list of the worst, the best and worst foods for you to eat. They uh, crunch the numbers, no pun intended here. They uh, crunch the numbers for more than 5,800 foods, 5,800 foods. And they estimated both the benefits and drawbacks of each of those foods. Specifically, how much time you would take off of your life or add to your life when you consume them. All right? Now, it should be pointed out that this wasn't just nutritional value, as we think of it, they also considered the impact of these foods on the environment and how that contributes to quality of life and so on and so forth. So there was a lot of kind of touchy-feely stuff uh, in here, Uh, but also some solid scientific nutrition data as well. So according to the study, uh, if you uh, consume bacon, and we all eat bacon, right? We love bacon. Every time You eat a slice of bacon, you take 6.4 minutes off of your healthy lifespan. 6.4 minutes. Now, I would argue that that's worth it. (laughs) But you have to decide for yourself. Strip of bacon, 6.4 minutes off your life. A double cheeseburger will take nearly nine minutes off of your life. Which actually seems like a big uh, bargain. I mean, if a strip of bacon takes 6.4 minutes, a double cheeseburger only takes off nine minutes. That's actually not too bad when you really think about it. But the very worst, the very worst food that you can eat, they estimate eating a single hot dog can take 36.3 minutes off of your life. A single hot dog, 36.3 minutes If that's true, Joey Chestnut is a walking miracle, (laughs) if you think about it. (laughs) Uh, Now, the flip side of this, in case you're curious, the best foods, by the way, this uh, study recently published in the journal Nature Food, the best foods, if you eat a banana, you will add 13 and a half minutes to your life. Same thing with baked salmon. That will net you 13 and a half minutes of extra lifespan. And apparently, one of, if not the best food that you can consume in in, in terms of, of adding minutes to your life, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich will add 33 minutes of increased healthy life on Earth. 33 minutes for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So here's what I'm wondering. If I eat a couple of PB&Js and have one hot dog, I've actually come out ahead on the whole thing, right? I mean, is it cumulative? Is that the uh, idea there? I don't know. But uh, research at the uh, University of Michigan on the best and worst foods for you. And what is the what is the old joke they always say if you eat all of these healthy foods you will live longer but what's the point <laughs> Now, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio once again for another collection of yummy recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, So, this week's uh, recipes, we had a little bit earlier, okay, a little bit earlier in the daily download, uh, if you caught that... um, The uh, research out of the University of Michigan that the worst food that you can have, (laughs) the one that will take the most uh, time uh, off of your lifespan, uh, are hot dogs. Yeah, I know. But they're good. (laughs) So what do we have but marinated grilled hot dogs uh, here in the... I, I, here's what I'm thinking: If it's going to take a half hour out of your uh, off of your life for every one that you, you may yeah. as well make it worth it. That's right. And yeah. this will definitely do that. Yeah. So uh, the <laughs> the uh, list. This is really super easy. It's
2: really super easy, and you can do it with Polish hot dogs or yeah. all beef hot That's dogs. You we don't have to do it with with
0: the just regular hot regular, hot dogs. regular hot dogs. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. the the we were talking about the research, and they just said hot dogs. That's they didn't. They didn't regular uh, hot dogs. Yeah. They yeah. didn't qualify that as to whether that yeah. was just regular run-of-the-mill yeah. frankfurters yeah. or yeah. whether we were talking about like, the polis hot dogs and yeah. sausage you should you well know. yeah so, anyway so yeah. uh so Meredith, we were talking about this we had these Anything the other night
2: processed
0: yeah <gasps> it's we, gonna
2: take time off ex- your life <laughs> exactly but
0: again you may as well make it worth it that's right um So, yeah, we were having this the other day, and we were thinking this would be great with, like, uh, the Tony Paco's dogs or, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. Oh, yeah. And you can can dress this up however you like. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the recipe for the marinated grilled hot dogs?
2: So, a half a cup of chili sauce, one teaspoon of onion powder, one teaspoon of garlic powder, two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce, one and a half tablespoons of mustard, one tablespoon of brown sugar, half a teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of pepper, Eight hot dogs and eight hot dog buns, of course. Yes. Um, with a small sharp knife, Mark uh, cuts at an angle uh, in a row down each of your hot dogs about a half an inch so or so.
0: Kind of, yeah. Almost slice. Them yeah, a half. you don't Not want a, it,
2: You don't want to slice it down just half, like halfway. Yeah down the hot dog. And that's so
0: the marinade can get inside Mm -hmm. the dog. Yep,
2: yep. The cut should look round like little half circles. So so then mix your chili sauce, your onion powder, garlic powder, Worcestershire sauce, mustard, brown sugar, salt and pepper. Uh, Pour that into a large Ziploc bag. Add your hot dogs and let marinate for 15 to 20 minutes or overnight. We did it. I did it for about eight hours because I did it in the morning mm -hmm. and then we had it in the evening for supper.
0: And I think the consensus was it would yeah. be even better if we had overnight. overnight. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Overnight. Then uh, get start your grill and grill your heart to- hot dogs until nicely charred and um, the cuts will kind of Poof open. Yeah. It's going to, uh, yeah. especially if you use a ballpark. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know how they puff when you cook right. them. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, so it'll poof open. About four to five minutes is total. It doesn't take very long, and you're ready to go.
0: Yeah. The uh, the fact that the hot dogs, the slices in the hot dogs, open up even yeah. better if you're adding like cheese oh, or, yeah. you Get know, additional toppings and yep. all of that. Yeah. Yep. It, they are really good. They so, are. marinated, grilled hot dogs. To go yes. along with that, uh, delicious loaded potato salad salad. And it is delicious because it says delicious right in the name. That's right. Yeah. And,
2: and potato salad is always good. <laughs> I love potato salad. So three pounds, about ten small uh, small to medium red skin potatoes, one package of bacon cooked, one cup of mayonnaise, one cup of sour cream, two cups of shredded cheddar cheese, five green onions, one teaspoon of garlic powder, one teaspoon of onion powder, and a half a teaspoon of paprika. So first off, uh, cut your potatoes into bite-sized pieces, place in a large pot um, with uh, salted water, Uh, place the pot on the stove and heat on high to boil. Um, Once boiling, reduce heat to simmer and simmer for about 8 to 12 minutes or until a fork goes in and it's nice and tender, your potatoes. That's how I always test it. I Mm -hmm. make sure my uh, fork goes into my Piece of potato. If it's hard, then don't. Then uh, let them cook a little bit longer. Yeah. Once the potatoes are done cooking, then place in a colander and rinse the co- with cold water to completely stop. That stops the cooking process also and cools them down. Um, set aside and let drain. While the pa- potatoes are cooking, slice up your green onions into pieces. Uh, cutting halfway d- uh, down your to your green parts. Uh, so that's the one thing about green onions is you don't want to – you want to use the green part and not all of the white part. So okay. that's the one thing about green onions. All right. Um, then crumble up your bacon. Uh, next, um, in a large bowl, combine your mayonnaise, your uh, sour cream, your onion powder, your garlic powder, your smoked-packed paprika, and stir until well-mixed. Then add the potatoes to the mayonnaise mixture and stir uh, to coat. Then add your green onions, your bacon, and your cheese. Fold until everything is evenly mixed. If you want, save a little bit of green onion and sprinkle that on top with Mm -hmm. a little bit of paprika if you want it to look pretty. Um, And Then cover tightly and chill until ready to to
0: eat. Uh, So the delicious loaded potato salad with your marinated grilled hot dogs and then For dessert, a frozen butterfinger pie.
2: Yes, so one chocolate ready crust. Um, You can get the Oreo crust or just a chocolate, regular chocolate crust. Uh, eight ounces of cream cheese softened, seven ounces of Eagle brand milk, a half a cup of peanut butter, quarter cup of powdered sugar, eight ounces of Cool Whip, and 10 fun-sized Butterfingers
0: crushed. You mentioned the Eagle brand uh, milk. Obviously, it mm-hmm. did not have to be Eagle brand. No, it can it, be it, the
2: sweetened condensed milk. Yeah,
0: but that is mm-hmm. the condensed milk. Uh, so sweetened,
2: the sweetened condensed, condensed, condensed milk. milk.
0: Okay, yep. so just... Yep. Throw that in there.
2: Yep. With an electric mixer, beat your cream cheese, your milk, your peanut butter, and your powdered sugar. Fold in your whipped cream into the cream cheese mixture until smooth. Reserve about a half a cup of your butter fingers. Uh, fold uh, your remaining butter fingers into your whipped cream and cream cheese mixture. Spread um spread into your prepared crust top with remaining um crushed butterfingers and freeze for about 3 to 4 hours or until firm mm-hmm. and enjoy
0: yes uh, enjoy yes, yes. You know what? I'm thinking these recipes would be great for a kid's birthday party. Yes. 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 And yes, uh, so they wish would. wish a, a very happy birthday to our granddaughter. Yes. Uh, happy birthday Kennedy, Kennedy. turning 4. Yeah, oh This gosh. weekend. Can't so believe she's going to be 4. I know. Time
2: goes by so quickly.
0: I know it does. So it to pieces. These to be uh, great <laughs> great recipes for yes. a birthday party. There we I'm go. Just say. <laughs> <laughs> We've got those uh, recipes for the marinated grilled Hot dogs, the delicious loaded potato salad, and the frozen butterfinger pie. Uh, Posted at the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. We'll try and get those uh, also posted at the WFIN page, so you can uh, check them out there. And we do have them linked up at goodmornings.net as well. So if you want those recipes, that's where they are posted. And as (laughs) always, if you have a recipe that you really enjoy, that you would Mm -hmm. like to share, by all means, you can send it to us. You can email us at goodmornings at WFIN. You can also post it on the uh, Kyra's Kitchen yep. Facebook page. You can share it for everyone there. Uh, you can, if there's something you are looking for, if there's a recipe you're trying to find, and you know, you're looking for a, a good recipe for something. Uh, You can make a request and we'll get Kyra on it. Yep. Uh, Again, check us out at the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen, W-F-I-N. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that, of course, is goodmornings.net. A heads up for you next week, you will not want to miss a single day. We have got a terrific lineup of guests and topics to talk about, and we'll start it off with another Mental Health Monday. It's not uncommon for kids to feel uncertain, anxious, or overwhelmed about back-to-school time, especially these days. We'll tell you how parents and caregivers can help them sound it out. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day, a great weekend, catch you back here next week.